Hello and welcome. You are listening to Gay with God, a safe place for us to share our stories and support one another. How long did we know? What challenges did we face? Did we lose our faith? When did we find our way back home? Are we still searching? The stories you hear in this podcast will melt your heart and can strengthen your belief that in God, all things are possible. And you can be authentically gay with God. I am your host, Midge Noble, and I am very honored that you are here. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gay with God podcast. I'm Midge Noble, your host, and today we have another uh, sneak preview sneak peek of my memoir gay with god um just so you know we're still looking for that subtitle we're getting really really close and so if you want to get in on the fun you can uh find my facebook group gay with god and i have some choices uh listed in there for a possible subtitle and some other folks are listing their own ideas which i love and if i specifically pick your idea well, not just me, me and my publisher, if we pick your idea for the subtitle, you will get a signed copy of the Gay With God memoir when it comes out. And this is the first stage on getting um, the podcast in its uh, workable form. So I want to get the cover done and let you guys see that. And in order to get the cover done, I have to nail down that subtitle. And so I'd like your help with that. Uh, you can find the Gay With God um, Facebook group, of course, on Facebook. Uh, make sure you answer all the questions because I'm very particular about making sure that um, we're a good fit for you and that you're a good fit for us in that group because it is very private. And I want to make sure that everybody is on the same page with the privacy. So make sure you answer all the questions and, uh, and uh, say yes to the, the rules of the group. And then you can also take part in name the the subtitle for the Gay With God memoir. So having said all that, today I want to share one of the uh, stories that may or may be in the podcast, um, in the memoir. <laughs> so um, if you, if it doesn't make it in, you guys here at the Gay With God podcast will hear one of my backstories. <laughs> and if it does, then you'll say, oh, I remember that. Um, but so this, this part of the, the story is all about really getting to know uh, my beloved on a whole different level. As some of you know, we did meet in graduate school, uh, but I did not know I was gay. And so that was a little clink uh, in it. But she always did know that she was gay. And uh, that was a whole interesting thing and, and one that I hope that you will enjoy once you uh, read the book. But um, so this part of the pod, uh, memoir is when Mary and I went to Grayson Highlands State Park in Virginia, and we kind of ran into a storm and we weren't alone. We actually went with her family. So um, <laughs> it was one of the more hilarious times we had on the, on the mountain. If you have not been to Grayson Highland State Park in Virginia, I highly suggest that you go. It is beautiful. There's wild ponies, there's pinnacles, there's um, other trails that are, are less um, invigorating than the pinnacle trail but um it's just it's a beautiful place and um we haven't been back in years and years uh but when we were camping a lot uh we would go every year and sometimes several times a year 
they used to also call us the monsoon mamas because anytime we would load the the truck to go camping it would rain either at the house while we were loading the 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 truck or when we get somewhere they would say and this happened at grayson highlands one time we were there and they said it started to sprinkle and i said oh i said is there rain in the forecast and he goes well we haven't had rain for months and months he says you guys show up and it's starting to sprinkle and and we looked at each other it's like yeah the monsoon mamas have struck again (laughs) anyway So let me share this, and then I want to talk a little bit about um, how this experience helped me to grow in some of my feelings for uh, my beloved. So Mary and I love to camp at Grayson Highland State Park in Virginia. It was an invigorating time because the trails were so diverse. We could either climb high up to the pentacles, or we could go on what I would always call the Hobbit Trail. You would cross the field and then the trail veered under a canopy of rhododendron bushes. It was so peaceful and quiet on that part of the trail. I felt like I was completely separated from the whole rest of the park. When we came out of the canopy and into the woods, we kept winding back and forth and down until we came to several waterfalls with pools. My lab Danny would swim in the pools and in the shallow parts, she would throw her head under the water and dig and dig and dig and come up with a big boulder in her mouth. Then everybody needed to just get out of the way because Danny would drop the boulder on the ground near the trail and then start digging at it. And sometimes she would sling it, that whole boulder, she would just sling it out in between her legs and your shin was going to be the target if you didn't get it moved. She loved that trail. And every time we went there, we just had to pause a minute and and just let Danny do her thing in the water. One of the most memorable times at Grayson Highlands was when Mary and I decided that we would camp in the middle of the field. There were many campsites around the park, but the field was full of lush grass and it kept the dogs and our shoes cleaner before we got into the tent. Also in the middle of the field was a grove of trees that kept your tent shaded during the high sun part of the day. Also, if you had people coming with you, you could all put your tents close together in the field so you could be with each other without having to visit separate sites. I don't actually know at this point if they still do that, but they did it all the time when we used to go. So on this particular camping trip, Mary's family, her dad, stepmom and brother decided to camp with us. We were able to get all our tents up under the trees and set up camp. Mary's stepmom made us an amazing spaghetti supper with salad and garlic toast. It was so good. I was in awe that she pulled all of this off, (laughs) this great meal at a campground. We usually just brought in, you know, basic foods, but this was unbelievable. The next morning, after another great breakfast, we headed up to the Pinnacle Trail. We were having an amazing hike, and the weather was perfect just cool enough to where you didn't sweat to death, but not so cold that you needed to bundle up a lot. Well, we didn't really know what was going to happen, but on the mountain, you know, weather changes pretty quickly. So all of a sudden the weather did change. And as often as it does, it started to rain. And then it didn't just rain a few sprinkles. It became a downpour with thunder and lightning. As you will see later in this memoir, lightning and Midge do not get along very well. 
I was terrified, but we had to find shelter. So instead of hiking, we're now running down this trail, jumping over rocks, jumping over branches and crawling over slick logs. We had the dogs on leashes, of course, which was a bit tricky. Danny, my lab healed really well, but sometimes the trail was just too narrow. Sheba and Mary were behind me with Tim and his dog Cracker leading the way. Mary's stepmom and dad were in the back. We kept running, and I may have screamed a time or two as the lightning sizzled around us. We finally found a shelter, and we all crammed into it and let some of the rain slow down before we started hiking again. It wouldn't take long before it started pouring, and our dash through the storm to the next shelter would begin again. This happened time after time. Thankfully, finally the rain did stop, and we were able to complete the hike albeit soaked to the bone and out of breath. By the time we got up to the pinnacles, the sun was shining and everything in the valley was glistening as if the sun was kissing the wet leaves. We had an amazing view of the Appalachian Trail that weaved its way up a hill called Massey Gap, which is part of Grayson Highlands. Wild ponies lived there. They would sometimes come right up to you. And although you were not supposed to approach them or feed them, they did often allow you to give them a pet if they came to you first. We always gave them a wide berth so they wouldn't be startled by Danny or Sheba. I have so many amazing memories of camping at Grayson Highlands. It was just a beautiful experience. This particular trip was the first time I realized that you could actually make an entire spaghetti dinner with all the trimmings while camping because Mary's stepmom had all the tricks, including having the right wine to pair with our camp spaghetti. <laughs> Spending time camping with Mary also gave me a look into how she was away from school, how competent she was in figuring out ways to fix things that broke up while we were on our trips. I also became very aware of how in sync we were. We liked most of the same things. And when we would differ, it didn't really matter. The biggest difference that was emerging was that I connected to God in church. And Mary was even more connected to God in nature. I say that because her faith was so unshakable, where I still had held on to guilt, fear, and doubts. She had no doubt that God was with her, whether she was in a building or whether she was out on a trail in nature. Her, her, her solitude and her quiet time out in nature was her communication with God. And I always grew up being told that if you weren't in church, you know, that you really weren't being with God um, and that God expected you to be in church. And there were just lots of rules and lots of uh, ex expectations about where to meet God and, and where God would meet you. And yes, people would pray outside of church and all of that. And they would always say, you know, God helped me with this and God helped me with that. But then I always wondered, well, if God is helping you with this and somebody else doesn't get the help with that, why did God choose you over them? So I had so many questions. <laughs> and Mary just didn't have those kinds of questions. She just could be in nature and be in communion with God. I always appreciated and was sometimes a little jealous of that deep connection of belief that she held. I didn't learn until later that she also had loved being a part of church 
and she was a part of her youth group until she was deeply wounded by the church as she began her own coming out journey. It's sad to me that it takes that type of a a change. You know, the, the coming out process is so brutal for a lot of people, and especially for those of us who were raised in the church and we were taught so many things. And for Mary, it really was a very difficult thing to go through. Um, I grew up in the church having all of the, the, you know, heaped onto you, like all these rules and stuff. And Mary didn't have that kind of experience in her church so much, but she did then get the lesson from the church that she could not be gay and Christian. And later she got that lesson from my own uncle when we were, um, you know, having that whole discussion with him about whether or not I, I should still live with her. And, you know, once he found out she was gay and, and it was just very um, hard to, to be rejected. And she was, she was not surprised that we were going to be rejected by my uncle. And she also had her wounds reopened during that whole experience. So when you are dealing with that kind of a bigotry and the church is not going to, I mean, it it just absolutely continues to be a problem, you know, and there is no way for people to know exactly how they're going to feel about it and how they're going to get through it. For Mary and me, um, you know, we did the pray the gay away thing and tried very hard for her to not be gay. And Unfortunately, I think that whole experience even made the unshakable faith she had in God a little less bright. And she, to this day, struggles with being able to be in a church, to go to church. And, And yet, she still believes in God and she still feels that her, her faith and her connection to God is strong. Um, she just can't have it in a church building. And that saddens me greatly since I am, you know, leaning back in and, and being able to be a part of the church. And, and, and it kind of is sad that that's the one thing now that we don't really share on a deep level that I do my thing and she does her thing. And because our love is so deep and because we care about each other so much. She supports me in how I'm leaning back into church and I support her connection to the God of her understanding wherever she finds it. But I miss her. You know, I miss sharing things with her because we are such a great team and we are so good together that it just always saddens me when there is something that I I want to experience with her and, and she's not there to see it with me. Of course, I come home and I tell her all about it, but it's never the same because we're not really together together. So um, I want you to think about that as you're going through your own coming out faith journey, you know, are you able to sustain your faith as you're coming out and how do you want that to look? So for some people, they tell me that I can't go to church because I won't be accepted. And that, that has always been historically true. 
And it may still be true if you're in a very remote location in a very non-affirming community. But I also know there are tons of affirming churches um, now in many parts of our communities. And we now have the internet people. So, <laughs> so you can live stream an affirming church. If you've never heard of a metropolitan community church before, they're known as MCC. Uh, they're very affirming. Um, my particular parish, the Episcopal Church of the Good Shepherd in Asheboro, North Carolina, live streams our services every Sunday. I know that because I'm part of the tech team. I sometimes we'll help live stream it. Um, so there are places that you can go. So if you were raised in an Episcopal church that was not affirming back in the day, you know, there, there are now affirming Episcopal church. We have gay bishops, we have women ministers, we have gay women ministers, uh, and priests. So, you know, you absolutely can find affirmation in, I know my parish, and I'm sure many other parishes, if you like the Episcopal church, um, there are some affirming, uh, Methodist churches, although they're going through that split possibly in another year or so, uh, we'll see what happens, but there are some affirming churches, uh, there. You just have to check, check which ones. And if you've listened to the podcast, you know that I've got many, many ministers that have come on here. Um, you know, Pastor Bennett, and Pastor Likens, so, you know, and Sharon, I mean, you've got a lot of people that you can choose from to find the live stream of their churches, um, the open table, the table, uh, you know, just, just scroll back through some of the, the folks that I've interviewed and look at their contact information and you can find the streams for them. So if you do love your God and if you do love the God of your understanding and would like to have a more formalized relationship with that God in a church building or online, please take the, the jump into that and know that that's the least intrusive way that you can get back into church. If you're really craving it, but you just don't want to put your butt in the building. I understand that it was the scariest thing I've done in a long, long time, but you can do it. And, um, I do believe that God is everywhere. I do believe that, um, you don't necessarily have to be in a church to have communication with God. I do believe that being in communication with other believers is very powerful. And my journey would not have been so successful had I not have the support of those, those people in the parish that were on my side and were available to me to answer questions, to, to help me through the hard times. I have had so much support in my parish at the Episcopal Church. And I really truly thank them and the the priest that was there at first when I first started coming out into the church. Yeah, I I just couldn't have done it, you know, because I couldn't come out in my own church. And thankfully I was able to put that off until I could be somewhere where I it was more affirming. And I actually did start, as you've heard before, at the at the MCC, the Metropolitan Community Church in Greensboro, was where I first figured out that I was probably gay. And uh, if I hadn't had Pastor Christine Oscar at the time, I don't, I don't know what would have happened. Uh, it was just a really painful time. So I want to, I want to open that door for you that, that yes, you can have a relationship with God anywhere <laughs> and you can have a relationship with God with or without anybody. I just know that it's a lot sweeter for me 
when I'm in communication with other people and I can share my, my joys and my, and my grief and my struggles and my wins, all of that is, is a lot better for me when I'm around other people. Um, so if you're searching, reach out to me. If you're local and you ever want to come to the Episcopal Church, uh, I definitely will be there to support you. And if I am doing the live stream that day, you can sit with me <laughs> in the live stream room or you can sit with me on the back pew wherever I'm at that day. Um, and if, you know, I, I would love to talk with you about it. If you have any questions about the church, if you have any questions about what it's like, um, and how I was able to lean back in, feel free to have a conversation with me. I would love to hear from you. So I wanted to share that today because it reminded me of a time where that was, that was one of those pivotal moments for me when I started thinking about, you know, being in the church. And especially once I started learning that, that Mary had been in the church and then felt the need to leave it. And even though I wasn't connecting to my sexual orientation at that time, um, I, I began to ponder how could she really have a connection with God and how could she do that if she wasn't in the church and how could she do that if she was gay? Because even though I cared deeply for her and there was a part of me that knew that I could never not be around her for whatever reason I was you know, trying to block that, but I, I could not not be around her. And yet I couldn't understand at the time, how could she be gay and still have a relationship with God? Because all I had ever heard was condemnation from God to people who were gay. So she was also my first teacher that, you know, here this amazing woman was just absolutely amazing and so connected to God. And I'm like, how does that happen? <laughs> And so she was my first teacher and she was the person who was so devoted, not only to me, but she was devoted to helping other people. She was devoted to animals and she really cared about that relationship with God, even though it was very personal for her and she didn't exploit it out there a whole lot. But I knew that she was deeply grounded and had a very deep connection to God. So what will work for you? Do you need people to help you through that journey? Do you need um, a place to go just to get regrounded, a place that you know will be affirming? And they're out there. And so always, if you need any help getting through that journey, um, absolutely reach out to me or to someone else in the community that you know has um, been through it. We're all here to help each other. Uh, if anything else, I want the gay with God podcast to be a community where we support each other on our journey. So I want to thank you guys for always listening, coming back each week, supporting, sharing, and subscribing wherever you get your podcasts. If you want more information about my church, I'll put a link there so you can go to the website. Uh, on the show page. And that show page is at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Remember, if you are questioning whether you can be gay and be in relationship with God, if you are authentically gay, God has always been within you. Even when you didn't know it, you have always been gay with God. Thank you, everybody. 
See you next week. Stay tuned to hear how you can join the Gay With God community and check out that Facebook group, Gay With God. And if you want to be able to be a part of the <laughs> the name, the subtitle for Midge's Gay With God uh, memoir, please sign up for the Facebook group. I've also recently started a monthly Faith Journey Zoom group at that Facebook group site. Um, if you need a little coaching to get through your coming out faith journey story, please go to the show page at empoweredmidge.podbean.com. Scroll all the way down to the bottom and see how you can connect with me. So once again, guys, remember also that if you want to be a guest, and even though I love sharing parts of my memoir, as I've said before, I love more talking to people. So <laughs> please sign up to be a, a gay with God guest. And you can also find that at the bottom of the show page. Thank you guys. See you next week. I want to invite you to become a part of the gay with God community. How can you do that? Stay connected by messaging me your thoughts and comments in the comment section under the downloads of the show on the gay with God show page. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen and share, share, share so we can increase our community outreach and be a light to those who are struggling to claim their faith. Consider being a sponsor so I can highlight your service in our community. We are all worthy of respect and a relationship with the God of our understanding. I want to thank you in advance for supporting this podcast. Together, we as a community will keep this show visible and our community stronger. Deep gratitude to my friend Tim McClendon of Tim McClendon Music for allowing me to use an excerpt from Interlude 4, a song found on his CD entitled Sundance.